Welcome to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're a couple of overweight barbecue enthusiasts trying to share our love for sweet, smoky food with the world. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk about life, share recipes, successes, and failures that have all led to our love of cooking outdoors. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Fat Guys with Smokers. I'm John, and I'm here with Mike. Here we are, and John, we did it. We freaking did it. If uh, if you follow us on so- social media, you're already aware of this, but the that sweet sound, <laughs> this week only, brought to you by our, our beverage sponsors, Maverick. Heck yeah. Maverick uh, heard us on social media, was excited, and hooked us up with a couple of free drinks, so... We can now introduce our podcast as a sponsored podcast to everyone. For this episode, yeah, anyways. just this episode. So, Maverick, I hope you're still listening. <laughs> we need to refill the bank. Yeah, if you want to keep this going, we're on board. Hundred percent. Well, we uh, we did have a pretty busy week on social media with Maverick coming through for us, recognizing our uh, our efforts and our shoutouts. Yeah. Uh, our our fan base went wild. Our tens of people were out of control, uh, which was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie; like I I nerded out. I saw that Maverick reached out to to us on Instagram while I was at work, mm-hmm. <laughs> and immediately started sending screenshots and text messages to mike biz i was in the middle of class and just got a dude it's happening text i was pretty stoked i just want to know did you stop your lesson to check the message yeah oh yeah dude and then i read it to everyone and explained it and they were i mean half of them were asleep the other half were very excited so pretty cool very cool um so beyond that just keeping with our our new tradition of reading comments, uh, T.A. Child gave you some love, Mike, with your uh, your reel of Whitney. I think that might be our most viral reel. Yeah. Uh, T.A. Child. Do you know who T.A. Child is? I think so, but I don't know for sure. Well, they, quote, were dying, unquote. Mm. And I think in the modern day vernacular, that means that it's funny. Yes. Hopefully, there's not really a medical emergency, and their first thought was to post it on a comment on a reel. Yeah. If this is a medical emergency, please put down your phone. <laughs> Actually, pick your phone up, but go to the phone app and dial 911. Yeah. Exit out of Instagram. Go ahead and call 911. If it's not, well, then thank you, because it was, it was pretty funny. We had a good time with it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and then we had a... It wasn't through social, but I mean, we had a fairly in-depth conversation with one of our friends, Brittany. Yeah, some uh, good questions. Yeah, about charcoal mm-hmm. and how to start it. We we talked a little bit about not using lighter fluid because that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brittany had questions about how do you how do you start charcoal, and we both have different methods for doing it, mm-hmm. but there is one must. What, yeah. what do you have to have to do charcoal the right way? In my humble opinion, you have to have a charcoal chimney. 
I mean, you can try stacking it in pyramids and all that stuff. Uh, I have had the most luck with a charcoal chimney. I didn't even know what it was uh, when I first got my drum. And my buddy Alex got me one for my birthday. And it's a game changer. So what I do is I, I fill my charcoal chimney and I use this to start my drum. I use it to start my Weber. Uh, I use it for Dutch oven if I'm ever using charcoal yep. briquettes that way. Um, but I just fill the chimney. And I mean, you can Google what it looks like. It's basically, I mean, it's a cylinder with holes in it for air. And it holds the stuff. Mine has a little trap door on the bottom that I never use. I just end up dumping it anyway. Uh, but there's like a grate on the bottom. So you can stuff cardboard, paper, whatever underneath, light it on fire, and the heat goes directly up under the charcoal, lights the charcoal, and it causes a chain reaction, starts the whole thing. I like to use some fire starters. I, I like the Royal Oak tumbleweeds. They're pretty easy to get at Walmart. Although, I was just telling John, I'm having a hard time finding them. I used to get a big box on Amazon, so I ordered another one from another brand in there. About half the size. I'm less impressed. But they burn a, for a while. And they burn long enough to start the charcoal. And then like I said. It's just a chain reaction from there. So. Cool. Yeah. So. And I have never bought the like pre-made fire starters. Mm -hmm. I've seen them and thought they were cool. And I even bought the stuff to make my own. You can buy uh, the little round cotton swabs. I, I think they're branded as makeup removers but it's like okay yeah um they're like two inches in diameter just flat cotton pads mm -hmm. that if you melt paraffin wax and then dip those supposedly those are going to be our great fire starters i have bought the stuff to make them and have never made them so you know people i've seen people use just those paraffin wax cubes where do you what yeah. do you get paraffin wax like how does it come uh in a like the one I bought on Amazon, where all great things come from. Yeah, not how a sponsor did, yet. How did we live? <laughs> how did we live before Amazon? Seriously, our parents had it rough, man. Although I can tell you now, Haley is pretty frustrated with Amazon. Oh, in that Prime two day shipping is rarely, if ever, yeah, two day shipping. Yeah, it's not anymore. really a thing anymore. Yeah, which I get. I can see why that's not really sustainable, but it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, that's like a great shrink gate type yeah. type thing. We'll tell you this, and then we're slowly going to milk it out right. to, to be four days. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it looked like a bar of soap, but it was really? paraffin wax, yeah. And they just melt it down, huh? Yeah. So what, because I never ever get around to doing that, I either take a couple of pieces of newspaper, crumple those up and stick them in the bottom of my chimney, or my typical go-to is, I've got... I always have a big roll of butcher paper that yeah. I use to wrap briskets or whatever I'm cooking. Almost a barbecue must have, I feel like. I, yeah. Especially for those big pieces. That's a whole conversation, foil versus brisket and, yeah. and when to use it. Mm -hmm. um, foil versus paper. Yeah, sorry. I said foil versus brisket. Brisket would win that every time. Every single time. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the the foil versus paper is a whole conversation. Um God, I wish I could remember. I'm like having this memory come back to me about someone who talks about the difference between that and how it cooks. Like, yeah. If you really need to speed up a cook, you go foil. Yeah. If you want to preserve your bark and kind of 
have a longer, slower cook, mm-hmm. you, go, you go paper. Yeah, I've watched a lot of things on that. Like they do, there's so many comparisons on YouTube. You can watch people do the experiment, and it's pretty interesting the stuff they come up <laughs> with. Yeah. Um, but so I take butcher paper, tear off a piece, and then I, I normally pour a little bit of cooking oil on it, whether it's like avocado or grapeseed or um, just like regular canola oil. Mm-hmm. Pour a little bit of that on there, and that helps it start burning a little faster. Mm-hmm. And then that's my go-to. See, that's a great idea. I've never thought to just use a little bit of paper and then throw some oil on there. I feel like, I don't know. I, I've never had a lot of success with paper. I always end up like trying to shove more in the little holes on the bottom of the chimney. Uh, but I feel like if you put a little oil on it, it'll burn a little longer, a little hotter and probably just light it right up. Yeah. Hmm. So that was, uh, that was our conversation with Brittany. So Brittany, thanks for the question. Yeah. Appreciate you reaching out. That Absolutely. was a, it was a fun conversation to have. And I'm glad we, I felt at least qualified to answer it. Some <laughs> yeah. questions I get, I'm like, uh, you can Google it, but this one I felt pretty good about. Yeah. As did I. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's do shout outs. Yeah. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with whiskey bent barbecue. This week. Um, So Whiskey Bent Barbecue is Chad Ward, who he's got a whole line of spices. He's done competitive cooks. um, And most importantly, Chad is a fat guy. Yes. He is our people, Mike. Nice. So um, just really appreciate his humor. I've got a couple of his rubs that are that are fun and really good. Um, But his day job might be one of the coolest ever. He is the director of barbecue marketing for Traeger. Oh wow. Yeah. Huh. So he is uh he's deep in the industry, but really got his start just cooking his backyard and then did competitions and uh just a super cool guy. Hmm. Like great sense of humor that I love watching his content. That's awesome. I have not I mean I've I've seen it. I haven't watched a lot of his stuff. I'm gonna have to look into it. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Uh, I went with Mad Scientist Barbecue. You familiar? I am not. Big fan. YouTube channel. I'm, I'm sure he has content on social media. I mostly watch his YouTube videos. Uh, name is Jeremy Yoder, which I didn't find any connection, but you've got to imagine with a name like that, it's in the blood. Yeah, if uh, not, he was very at least destined. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he... <laughs> For some reason, I'm thinking of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail when he's talking about how the king was crowned. And he's like, listen, strange women sitting in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. That has nothing to do with anything, but it popped directly into my mind when you said he was destined for it. Anyway. Help, help. I'm being oppressed. <laughs> Come and see the violence inherent in the system. Um, Come back here. Bite your ankles off. We need to watch that again. Our next episode, me and John will just watch that episode and we will comment on it live for all of you. No. Um, Too perilous. I can keep going. We could go. I'm serious. We could probably. We don't even need to watch it. We could probably, between the two of us, quote the whole thing. Was that an African swallow or a European swallow? I don't know that. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Back to Jeremy Yoder, <laughs> Mad Scientist Barbecue. It's like all I can do um, not to just keep going. I am uh, so I'm. 
I'm working on this offset smoker, trying to watch as much as I can. He does a lot of cool videos on fire management, on his offset. He's got a huge, uh, like 12 foot long offset smoker. Uh, I mean, he's got some awesome videos on how he controls the heat. Very interesting. And he's a former biology and chemistry teacher. I got to imagine he taught high school and then got into this, started making enough content that it was like, you know what? I should just do this. And he, he goes into pretty good detail, which, and I mean, I feel like it's accessible too. It's not like way over my head. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, I really appreciate his videos on uh, the science behind how the offset smokers work, but he also has some really good recipes and he does a lot of cool experiments. Like I've watched, I'm pretty sure it's his where he does foil versus butcher paper and the, oh, cool. and stuff like that. So, uh, like to watch him. So he's my boy this week. A shrubbery. <laughs> Bring me a shrubbery. a shrubbery. All right. Enough with the money Python. Yeah. Sorry. I couldn't, couldn't let them go. I had to let it happen. I'm all um, right with that. No, I'm gonna have to check him out. I I love to geek out on this stuff and like getting into the science and the mm-hmm. um that'd be really cool. Yeah, and like I say, it's not I mean, some things I watch and I'm like, okay, dude, you need to relax. Like you're getting way too deep. You're making it less fun. I think he does a really good job of giving you the information, but also making it relevant to what we're actually doing. Like he doesn't get down to a molecular level, but he does do a really good job of, hey, this is how the airflow works. This is why the density of your wood matters. This is, you know, things like that. So, I mean, I'm telling you right now, we could, like, I bet we could bring grade points up at least three points if we used barbecue to teach. Oh, yeah. Physics, biology probably do some chemistry like kids that hate this would all of a sudden be like this is so cool oh yeah dude especially if we had samples food makes a big (laughs) difference in the classroom i think that's the uh that's the number one request that i get from people that Mm -hmm. ask me about it is like when uh there's there's one particular family (laughs) on our street i know who you're talking about (laughs) yes katie we're talking about you yep When's the sample table? Uh, so we may we may have to do a live event. Yeah. Um, cook a bunch of stuff and then just have people comment on it. That'd be pretty sweet. I don't know where and I don't know how we would get the word out, but I would be on board. I don't think we'd have to try very hard. I think you're right. If we said free barbecue samples. Yeah, especially in yeah. within our little cult following. Yeah, you're right. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. But... um. If you want to nerd out, here's a, like a secondary shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about AmazingRibs.com yeah. and Meathead. Mm-hmm. Meathead's wife is a food biologist. Mm. And there's a bunch of stuff on the website that they get into like almost on that molecular level. What's happening with the connective tissues and the fat and the sinews and like what happens during the stall. Yeah. Um, and then about there's some great food safety stuff on there too, about, you know, chicken. They always say you've got to cook to what is it? 160 degrees. Mm-hmm. I think it's 165 <clears throat> maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 160, 165. And like the FDA says that because 
once you hit that, like, bacteria dies immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, bacteria will still die if you go at 140, but you just have to hold that for a lot longer. Dude, mad scientist just did a video on this, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah so I... Pretty cool. I still don't recommend medium rare chicken no matter how long you hold it there yeah i just that's a bad idea i dare say the risks outweigh the benefits in that situation uh yeah speaking of someone who had salmonella one time yeah i've heard that that uh yeah that was pretty miserable but uh today we're gonna do what we originally talked about doing on this podcast and <laughs> i don't feel like we've done quite as much as uh as we intended to yeah uh talking We're, recipes mm-hmm. so you uh the the title for this is going habsies that's very clever and very appropriate i, I thought like it, it was yeah well done um although i do want to say i didn't get any of my habsies on the trade so yeah that's my bad i just hope it was good it was it was pretty good. We'll talk about it. So I did uh, chicken halves, and I. So here's the story. I'm busy, and time management is something I think we need to talk about a little bit on here because I feel like when you're doing barbecue, uh, it's fun to plan. It's awesome to eat. It can be very stressful to try to manage the time depending on what's going on. So I'm pretty busy this time of year. Um, I I go to school. I have driver's ed. I have a couple hours at night. And then sometimes I'm needed and I announce the wrestling meets or I've got, uh, you know, some stuff at church I need to take care of or stuff like that. So I wanted to find a recipe that would, uh, that I could get done in a couple hours and I still cut it too tight and I ran out of time. Um, but I did chicken halves. Um, so I have spatchcock chicken before. We've talked about spatchcocking on here, right? Uh, I think we have, but go ahead, tell everyone what it is. Yeah. So every time I say it, there's at least one person that's like, what? Yeah. Well, it's a weird word that I think is actually pretty cool, but spatchcocking. So I first came across it when I started cooking turkeys for Thanksgiving. Uh, you cut the backbone out of the turkey or the chicken in this case. Uh, and then you kind of score the breastbone and flip it over and give it a little CPR and it kind of lays it flat. Uh, and it's a very, uh, I think the best way that I will, I don't know that I'll ever cook a turkey without doing this from here on out because I love, it cooks a little faster. It cooks more even. Um, and it just, honestly, I think it looks cool when it comes off. That's how I did our Thanksgiving turkey this year. But so that's what I was gonna do. I was gonna do it with chicken. They're a little smaller. Thought I could get it done in my time frame. And I also wanted to try the vortex um on my Weber. We talked about that. It's just kind of a cone that you dump your charcoal in. Um and so that's what I went with. Because I wanted to try the vortex, I decided to do chicken halves, which is essentially you still cut the backbone out. You basically spatchcock the chicken but then you cut through the best the breast bone, and then you have two chicken halves. Uh, and I did it that way. I did two chickens, and so I split them in half. So I had four halves that I put around my vortex on my Weber, um, and 
So that's what I did. I've used it for wings and it crisps up the skin. So I thought I'd try that on this. And the first time I've tried it, it turned out really good. Um, so I, I did, I dried it off and I rubbed it with, well, first I, once I dried it off, I just patted it dry with a paper towel after rinsing it off and I, uh, sprayed some Pam on it. You could rub it with olive oil, whatever. And that kind of helps crisp up the skin a little bit. It also gives the rub something to stick to. Uh, and I went with my go-to, which is Malcolm Reed's, um, AP rub from Killer Hogs. And then I went with the barbecue rub from Killer Hogs, just kind of a sweet rub. And then I did a third layer just on the skin side of the hot rub from Killer Hogs, which turned out to be a little too spicy for my kids. They didn't like it as much, which it's not that spicy. They just need to get over it. But um, it was kind of a bummer because I was like, this is amazing. And they were like, I don't like it. So that that's one thing I'm really proud of my boys. Yeah. Um, it started with Cholula hot sauce mm. that I'm a junkie for hot sauce. I love it. Yeah. Um, I put it on my eggs, on my potatoes, like, yeah, big fan. And Robbie, my middle boy, he's six, mm-hmm. um, getting ready to be seven in a couple of weeks here. And he, he saw me. And grabbed the bottle and like went to town and like wasn't gonna like give up and and not eat his his eggs one day. Oh wow! I mean, boy went to town. <laughs> and he started like ribbing his older brother Charlie, <laughs> and Charlie was like, not to be outdone. Like got it. Like and he only put a couple of drops on, but uh-huh. it's a uh, it's exciting now. My boys they go for the Cholula and not for the ketchup in the morning. Really. So that's awesome. My boys, uh, well, I was going to say take after their mother, but I got in trouble last time saying something like that. So I'm just going to say my boys do not have a sophisticated palate as I would like them to have and hopefully will develop. We'll just, on. we'll put the boys together, let them ag each other on. And yeah, it's kind of a Lord of the Flies situation. They'll figure it out, right? By the end of the night, they'll be eating ghost peppers. <laughs> Uh, so put the seasoning on, I let it sit for a little bit, uh, about a half hour while I went out, got the charcoal started. And I tell you what, off my deck, I have a beautiful view of the Wellsville mountains here in Cache Valley and the sunset, the sun was just starting to set. It was kind of a cloudy, foggy ish situation. And it was a pink orange. I mean, it, it was gorgeous. The colors were were awesome. Yeah. So I took a video. I oh, I forgot to say my boy Damon, my oldest. He's shoot. How old's Damon? Ten. How old's Charlie? Yeah. Uh, Charlie's nine. So Damon's ten. Charlie yeah. will be ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Damon's ten. He was uh, all about filming. I wanted to do some kind of a, a video with this, and um, anyway. So he was filming everything, and so he took a cool video of, of the sunset and lighting the charcoal, and then we made a little a quick little reel of it. But anyway, put them on there uh, and just let them go. I checked the temperature at about um, 30 minutes just to make sure we were kind of where we needed to be. Cooked pretty well. Uh, the problem was it got pretty dark 
well, outside, but the chicken skin got really dark as well because that vortex, I mean, it's basically like a convection oven, but it's screaming hot. Like you leave all the vents open, you just let it. I mean, the idea, I think of like a sky beam from one of the superhero movies, take your pick, and it just shoots up, hits the lid, and kind of goes around the meat. And uh, so it gets so hot that it darkened the skin. It was not burned, but it looked pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do some more video stuff, but by the time I got it off the grill, it looked burnt. It was not. It tasted amazing, uh, but it got a little dark. Anyway, sauced it when it got to 145, pulled it off at 163, let it rest, and then I waited 10 minutes and pulled it. I was going to make some pulled chicken sandwiches with a Alabama white sauce, but I ran out of time. So we just ate pulled chicken and... Like I say, the kids thought it was a little spicy, but they ate it. They were good sports. and So if I had to change anything, I'd put a little less spice on it, I think. But That's I cool. thought it was pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. Alabama white sauce might be one of my favorite things to put on chicken halves. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. The couple of times that we've done catering. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things like that's always one of the options when we talk about doing a menu. Do you make your own or do you have a brand you like? No, I'm, I I make my own and I, as soon as I said it, I knew you were going to ask me where the recipe came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the name, it, but the Google will help us with this. I have made my own before and I just used, um, Obviously, Malcolm Reed's recipe. I feel like I need to branch out a little bit more, but I love his stuff. But I used his recipe, and it was really good and really simple. Just basically mayo. If you don't know what an Alabama white sauce is, it's like, so barbecue sauce is more tomato-based. Alabama white sauce is more mayo-based. It's creamier, uh, but you can put a little spice to it. You can put a little sweet to it, and it's just a different flavor, I think. I really like it. Bob, Especially on chicken. Bob Gibson is the name. He, he's the one that I know that gets credit for coming up with the, the Alabama white sauce. Oh, from the beginning then. He's the OG Alabama yeah. white sauce guy. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Big Bob Gibson. Um, his recipe is the one that I use. Oh, cool. Is it spicier, sweeter? Um, <clears throat> Mix of both? It's got a little tang to it. Oh, cool. I don't know that I, I wouldn't call it spicy, but it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's got, it's a mayo vinegar, um, a little bit of black pepper in it. Mm -hmm. Like just, it's a, I don't know that I would ever put it on anything other than chicken, but it is like perfect for chicken. That's what I was just thinking. I don't know that it would hit the same on anything different, but man, it's good on chicken. Yeah. I've seen Matt Pittman dunk a whole spatchcock chicken just in the Alabama white sauce mm-hmm. and let it just settle and man it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, that's my that is one of my favorite things to cook on the pit barrel. Mm. Hang the hang the chicken halves in there. Okay. Dunk them in in the white sauce and then put them back out and just let them kind of set up and put them back out like on the pit or just on the counter and let them no, rest so with the sauce on. I put them back on the pit. Oh, really? Yeah, just okay. like yeah, like setting the sauce like just, you would just barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you do on a on ribs or something. Yeah, do that and then uh, yeah, just pull them off, let them rest for fifteen minutes, and either pull it or slice it. That's awesome. See, I've 
I've just used it. I pulled the chicken and then I put it like on just like a condiment on a sandwich. Uh, and it was really good. I have not just dredged it in it. And that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I'm sitting like I'm wondering where I can go get chicken halves. <laughs> well. Yeah. It was a fun. It was really fun. Like I say, I wish I would have managed my time a little bit better. I had big plans for it. Um, but it was, I mean, it was still so good. And I ate some of the leftovers tonight. I just threw it in on a grilled cheese and man, I tell you what, smoked chicken is a game changer. Yeah. So, so good. So good. So easy and cheap of all the things that we smoke. I feel like you can get a whole chicken for five to 10 bucks, depending yeah. on what bird flu is wiping things out at the time, you know? <laughs> Yeah, if you watch the sales, you can get them ninety nine cents a pound. Yeah, which is yeah, is dirt cheap. Um, no, that's great, and I love that you're like using it in multiple meals. Yeah, well, and that's the goal. I'm still thinking about egg rolls, and I'm thinking a pulled chicken with a creamy coleslaw in an egg roll dunked in Alabama white sauce. I wonder if that would be phenomenal. So that's patent pending. We'll see how that goes. I uh, I look forward to I look forward to that one. Yeah. So um so I did a cook this week too. Yeah, we got time to talk about another one. Yeah. Um so was my grandpa's 83rd birthday. Oh, I did um, not know that. Yep. So cool thing is my third son, uh, Clay, was born on my grandpa's birthday. Oh, very cool. So my grandpa Clay. Mm. You can Boy's name's Clay. You can see the connection we made there. Mm-hmm. Um which is it, it's just too cool to see those those two together they are totes adorbs together dude they are <laughs> inseparable um the bond there is is pretty impressive hmm. um but one of his favorite things in the world to eat is chili verde hmm. and i'm a pretty big fan of chili verde and for anyone that doesn't know chili verde green chilies that's what chili verde means in spanish right mm -hmm. um you take green chilies and you kind of make a a gravy and stew that gravy with pork in it so when you say chili verde we're not talking about like beans and stew we're talking about like a delicious latino gravy over something um no it, it's somewhere in the middle of all of it yeah like like okay. you make a stew with pork it Pork and green chilies, um, garlic, you can put tomatoes in it. Mm. Um, the way I do mine, though, is I smoke a pork shoulder every time. Um, and normally I just put the pork shoulder, put it out on the grate. It renders off, drips all of its stuff down on the drip pan. That goes into a, into a sludge bucket that, you know, the drip tray pushes into. I did something different this time in that I put my pork shoulder in a foil pan to cook it. 
Okay. So all of the drippings and stuff that normally come off of your pork shoulder and just burn off or run down the drain, mm-hmm. I had in had in a pan. Okay. Um, and it just sat in the pan, not like up on a razor rack or anything, just nope, in the pan. It sat right on. in the pan, which, I mean, it, it does a couple of things. One, it keeps moisture close. I feel like it slowed my cook down because it had moisture, like it was sitting in a puddle of mm-hmm. juices and grease and all of that stuff. Interesting. Um, but it, it was great. So I seasoned the pork with um, Dia, de, Dia de la Fajita okay. from Meat Church. Yeah, I've seen that. I haven't used it. Uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. So <laughs> use that. Um, hit it with a little bit of the Texas sugar rub. Just to kind of amp up the heat a little bit. Brought a little bit of sweet with it, too. Um, cooked it. I think it went... I put it on at about 10 o'clock at night. It ran overnight for, I don't know, 14, 15 hours. Okay. Um, on the Traeger? On the Traeger. Gotcha. Yeah. Ran it at 225. And, and that's, you know... We talk about managing time. Mm-hmm. That's one of my like go tos, and you can only get away doing it on a pellet grill. Right. The overnight. I let it run overnight. Oh yeah. Or I start it as late as I can. You know, maybe I'll stay up till midnight. Mm-hmm. And then it's done about the time I get home from work. Yeah. So. No wrap. No wrap. Okay. Yeah, I don't ever wrap my pork shoulders mm. unless I'm like really in a time crunch and I've got to get one done. And so the only reason you would hours. wrap them is to speed the cook up on a pork shoulder. I think so. It doesn't dry out or anything if you don't wrap it. I have never had an issue with a pork shoulder drying out. Okay, I know you can. Right. I've heard the stories. I've seen the pictures. Mm. I have personally never had one dry out. See, I always wrap them for fear of it drying out, but maybe I'll give it a shot without the wrap. Because that's the only, I mean, not that it's super stressful to wrap it, but that's what I'll do is I'll put it on at night, wake up in the morning, wrap it, and then let it go for, and usually it gets done really early, so that's probably why. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, pork shoulders, I feel like I can get them done in... Anywhere from 13 to 15 hours unwrapped at 225. If I run them at like 180, so real low and slow, mm-hmm. um, I've had them push that 24-hour mark. Really? I actually had one go over 24 hours. Good heavens. And I just, yeah, just... I don't plan that far ahead for anything. There's no way I can pull that off. <laughs> it was one of those like massive cooks that I did and... I wanted them to go really low and slow because I wanted a ton of the smoke flavor and mm-hmm. I, and I was trying to pace a whole bunch of things mm-hmm. and I just had one that went for like 20, it was like 25, 25 and a half. Like it was almost 26 hours, I think. Was it too bitter? Like was there too much smoke on it? No, no, It was great. Really? Yeah, Interesting. It was, it was fantastic. Hmm. Um, so I did that. When it was done, pulled it out. Um, I let it rest for uh, pork shoulders. I let rest for at least an hour. Mm-hmm. This one, 
I just like pulled it off the grill and put it in the oven um, and let it rest for, I don't know, it was probably two or three hours. We had to run some errands. Do you wrap to rest it? Uh, I cover it with foil, yeah. Okay. But not wrap tightly, just cover it with foil in the pan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I always put my pork in those foil pans, just the 9 by 13s mm-hmm. Like, I buy them at Sam's or Costco. and Yeah. Um, you got to have a lot of those. Yeah. Like, I go through those a lot. But I... <clears throat> I always put them in there and then that's what I stored in the fridge in what I, if I'm taking it somewhere, that's what I take it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always just cover that with a piece of foil and, and let it rest. Let it sit. Huh? Yep. So I do that. And then after it's rested, I, I pulled the pork, shredded it. Um, bone came out nice and clean. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the telltale sign on telltale sign. On a pork shoulder, if you did it right, is if that bone you pick up and it just all falls right off of it. Yep. So, um, always makes me happy. Always makes my dog happy too because. Oh yeah. He loves chewing on that bone. Yeah, Duke's a big fan. Um. But I saved the drippings, and I just like poured it into a Tupperware and put it into the fridge. Okay. The fat separated, so I had like a. A good half inch, three quarters of an inch of fat on top. And then underneath it, I had all of the like drippings that had come from the pork while I cooked. Interesting. I used that fat layer to build my roux when after I had, so I took my, took my green chilies uh-huh. and I found, it was at Walmart. I found fire roasted peeled, diced, ready to go, frozen hatch green chilies. Frozen. Huh. Game changer. Like Interesting. Was, like pulled them out of the freezer, thawed them, threw them in the pan, um and I used the fat from the pork shoulder drippings mm-hmm. to saute those kind of get them going, get the the flavors moving. Mm-hmm. Um you added a little bit more fat, built my roux. How do you spell rude, John? Uh, I had to Google this <laughs> because I didn't know if it was, I, I knew, I know it's a French word. Right. I felt like I deserve points for that. Absolutely. I'm cultured enough to know that it's, it's a rue, but it is R-O-U-X. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, I had the U. Yeah. And the R. The R. Let's see. I could go with the R. Never would have gotten to the X. Hmm. So, um, made the roux and then to make a roux, you take fat and flour and you combine them and you're essentially cooking the flour so that your sauce, your gravy, whatever you're making doesn't taste like flour. Yeah. Um, got that going. Then I started to add water to break that glob down and build a smooth sauce. Um, what did, what did I do next? Took that, added, added some of the drippings from that pork. So under the fat layer. Okay. So you started with the fat, left Mm -hmm. the drippings. Then at this point you poured that in. Yeah. And then I added some of those drippings to season, um, added a couple of other seasonings in there cumin salt more of the dia de la fajita 
from meat church you just you need more meat church in your life Mike. sure sure so um this is a spot where you can decide how hot you want it to be mm-hmm. um i didn't add any because my mom and wife don't like it so hot that it makes your nose water sure that's how i that's how i deal with illness i was gonna say this time of year that feels amazing early uh Early in our marriage, Haley got sick, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna cook it out of you." Like, there's a way we there's a way we deal with sickness, <laughs> and I I still remember I made chicken noodle soup with habanero peppers in it. Oh wow! Found found a recipe. <laughs> it was hot, man. <laughs> it was smoking hot. I can imagine. Um, and the worst part was is like it was just hot. Like there wasn't a lot of flavor from. From the habaneros. Mm-hmm. It was like eating chicken noodle soup and the broth like made you breathe fire. Ugh. Wow. She uh she got better <laughs> rapidly. She afterwards. was alright with that, huh? <laughs> uh she has never let me make it again for her though. But <laughs> if you do like hot food, um ancho or chipotle chili powder mm-hmm. is is a game changer for okay. this kind of stuff. It adds some heat. It add, brings a little bit more smoke into it. Uh-huh. Um, that and it's just a powder, mm-hmm. so it's just like a seasoning you get. Yeah, it's on the spice aisle at, mm-hmm. at your local grocery store or whatever, just like normal chili powder. Yeah, this is just it's a little smokier. Hmm. So you can add that there. Um, I ended up I had added too much water. I was trying to make a really big batch, um, so I needed to thicken it up. So I made a slurry with uh flour and water okay and you just you gotta mix it really really well so you don't end up with lumps do you mix the water and flour before you pour it in yeah before you pour it so i swear every house in america has one of these hidden valley ranch dressing shakers Mm -hmm. um my mom had one Haley's mom has one we have one like um that I always steal that and use it for instead of making ranch dressing to make slurries. Mm. So, okay. Um, made a slurry flour and water, poured that in just to thicken it up. Um, got it to where I wanted. And then I just, I shut it off and then I put it in a crock pot, like took the stoneware out of the crock pot, put it in there, put the whole thing in my fridge Okay. And the next morning I got up and put the stoneware back into the cooking part of the crock pot, mm-hmm. turned it on low, and then went off to church. Mm. And just let it... Just let it sit there and cook. Boil all. in its own goodness, huh? Yeah. Let it warm up and cook all day. We came home and fried fried up some potatoes in a pan and uh, had chili verde with potatoes and Mexican rice and... We've got an awesome tortilla place here in town. Oh, yeah. I've heard you talk about this. Oh. I need to try it out. Yeah. Go see Anna. <laughs> she will hook you up, and hmm. they're the best tortillas ever. So do you eat it like get a tortilla, put a little rice, some potatoes, and then the chili verde? Or how do you eat this? Um, That's the best part is like there's not a wrong way. Like you could put it in a bowl and eat it like a soup you can put it over the top of potatoes you could make a burrito out of it okay um 
I'm a I like putting it over potatoes and sprinkle a little cheese on it, let it melt, and then use a tortilla to pick it up and eat it. Dude. That's uh that's my go to. Uh my grandpa who, you know, was really the reason we made this, like he is a smothered chili verde burrito connoisseur. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That any chance he gets to get a chili verde burrito, he uh he gets one, has them smothered in more chili verde. Mm. So he did Dude. that. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I'm freaking hungry now. That's what I was just thinking. It's like almost time for bed here, and I'm like, man, what's open? <laughs> There's uh there are leftovers in the fridge. Oh. Well uh we may have to send you home with some. Say no more. So that's uh those are that's one of my favorite recipes too. And you make it a lot then. Um probably at least every every other month. Really? We do. Like okay. it's kind of a big cook, like yeah. to to go through the whole process of making it. It's not one you're gonna throw together quick. Mm-hmm. And it's one that you've gotta like the longer it sits in that crock pot and cooks, like the better, the better. it is. Like a chili, huh? Um but similar to your chicken, like that pork shoulder, mm-hmm. one, you're not going to put a whole pork shoulder in in a pot of chili verde. So you have leftover pork, but mm-hmm. um, we had taco soup tonight for dinner. And instead of putting chicken, like Haley just grabbed the pork and threw it in there. Oh, yeah. That um, it's another one of those meats that you cook it once and you, I mean, we'll get at least three or four meals out of that pork shoulder. Hmm. I feel like one of our episodes just needs to be straight up leftovers. We've talked about that a few times, but there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. I mean, at the very least you've got sandwiches for a week, but I, I mean, you have opened my eyes to a bunch of different things you can do with it. You hit on one of my favorites. I love, um, grilled cheese sandwiches Mm -hmm. with pulled pork, smoked chicken. Oh man. It was good. It was very good. We could do a whole episode on grilled cheese one time, actually. Oh, have man. You, have you smoked cheese before? No. You want to talk about a fancy grilled cheese? We, I think there's pictures of it on my Hayden Barbecue account. Okay. On Instagram. But we, we smoked, cold smoked the cheese. Okay. Which smoking cheese is a whole process in and of itself. Yeah, I've got I, a buddy that's really into that. I screw it up at least every other time I do it because mm. I get impatient. And I it's one of those recipes that I go and I read and I read half of it and I don't read the whole thing and mm-hmm. then I throw away a lot of cheese. <laughs> um but what did we have on it? We had I think we had pulled pork, smoked cheese and green apples. Wow. It was by far the fanciest Fanciest grilled cheese and probably the best grilled cheese I've ever had in my life. Man, I've never considered all the things you can do with grilled cheese. This year at scout camp, one of the leaders was like, we'll have grilled cheese one night. And I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, He meant phenomenal like toppings, different things to put on it. It was some of the best grilled cheeses I've ever had ever. Yeah, I just found it. We did sourdough bread. Smoked Monterey Jack, smoked Colby, and then bacon and green apple. 
mm. like super thin sliced green apple that we wow. dude it was it was good stuff wow we should we should experiment a little with our grilled cheese game and then bring it bring it forth to our constituents here oh man i'm gonna have to cold smoke cheese this weekend hmm. i've never done it i expect to be brought into the loop we can it is a process it is a like multi-week process oh really i didn't know that <clears throat> because you've got to smoke it and then you've got to let it breathe and then you've got to package it you just buy cheese at the store and start smoking yeah i just hmm. go to gossner's and buy their economy whatever cheese hmm. whatever flavor you want um yeah that's a whole like yeah that's a rabbit hole. I'll try that. So. Cool. Alrighty. Well, stay hungry. Stay happy. Yeah. And seriously, thanks for listening, guys. I can't believe. I mean, I, I'm i not pretending like we have millions of listeners, but the people that are, are so nice and so good to us. Like, can't believe that they're entertained by this, but I'm sure glad <laughs> they are because it's a lot of fun for us. Yeah. So. It, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah. Like Mike said, thank you. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening. Thanks for reaching out to us. Um, yeah. Please continue to do so so we've got more stuff to talk about and we know what the people want. Exactly. Because that's the goal. And uh, Maverick, it's almost empty. Don't forget us. <laughs> <laughs> Went down the wrong hole. I almost died. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <clears throat> well, now that we, we can have, uh, edit that out in post. <laughs> no way. We don't edit anything out. We keep it authentic here. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to make sure Mike's alive. And uh, <sighs> until next time, thanks for listening. We're Fat Guys with Smokers. Thanks for listening to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't forget to tune in for even more nonsense from a couple of bad guys with smokers. Don't forget to like subscribe. <laughs>